Hey, hey, Habit Thrivers. If you're ready to rock your next chapter, this is your place. It's time to live your most fit, fearless, and fabulous life. I believe that our daily habits and routines set the foundation for achieving our dream lives and help us find more passion and clarity with less doubt and uncertainty. So let's get cozy. Grab your planner and your favorite beverage and come along with me on this journey of reclaiming your passions and finding new ones along the way. Welcome to the Habit Thrive Podcast, a podcast helping women in their me now years create habits and rituals to live fit, fearless, and fabulous. I have to tell you that when I was transcribing this episode, me now years, transcribed to our mean years. So just saying, not totally wrong, as sometimes as women, we do have to get kind of mean to protect our time our agendas, and our health. So I'm not going to change it in my tagline, but I kind of like it. Okay, on to today's episode. How to make relaxation a habit using the C-A-R-E or CARE approach. As we use the CARE approach, we look at the C in CARE as making it convenient, the A making it appealing, the R reward-based, and the E easy. Now this follows nicely from last week's episode number 58, the relaxation paradox. We know we should relax, but we can't. And what last week's episode explained was it isn't easy because our brains are actually looking after us. They are looking out for us. They are protecting us. And it is our primitive brain as relaxation in earlier times meant death or at least injury. So if we weren't prepared or we weren't armed, that saber-toothed tiger was going to get us. And even right now, when we think about the ultimate relaxation, sleep, this is why it is so difficult for many of us to let go into sleep. We are on. We are, even as we put our heads on the pillow, actually still scanning the environment. We're still running through everybody that might still be up or everyone who's not with us and everything around our our homes and our houses and our yards. We're trusting that all is well before we let go into sleep. And this is hard. And this is even harder for those of you, and this is gonna be a lot of women, we are caregivers. We're looking after everybody else. And so letting go into sleep is really, really challenging. And so this is why we need to practice. Sleep, or maybe napping, (laughs) and relaxation go hand in hand. As we practice these little moments of trusting and letting go, not checking our phones or Facebook or watching the news during the day, even that is trusting. It's practicing our ability to just, to not have to check and to know that everything is okay. Because what happens sometimes as we are checking, and especially if there are things that are are troublesome or negative, is we, we get this rise in cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And Cortisol needs to drop down as we move through our day into the evening for us again to be able to let go into sleep. Now it rises 
first thing in the morning I think it's around 4 a.m. something like that it starts to to rise so it is part of getting us up in the morning and at the end of the day again it has dropped down and that switch has happened again between serotonin and melatonin so there's a lot of chemical hormonal things that go on during the day based on our thoughts the light what we're eating and so truly just that moment in the morning when you are opening your eyes and those thoughts that start to come in and when you get up and walk around and have that first morning light on your eyes it is those moments first thing in the morning that are impacting not just your relaxation during the day but your ability to sleep at night. And so when we think about that, again, not to get stressed about it, but just to get really curious. Because when you think about it, very often we think that if we go, 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 go all day and we're busy, 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 that we're gonna be exhausted and that when our head hits the pillow at night, we're just gonna go boom and go to sleep. And yes, sometimes that does happen, but more often than not, it actually backfires on us in that our brain is on fire and it is ping, ping, pinging away and it needs that time to settle in, to let go. And as we practice, certainly earlier in the evening, but as I mentioned, that impact on your sleep and your ability to relax during the day is as soon as you open your eyes, but as you relax during the day, even taking a one minute breathing moment, just looking outside, looking at the trees, sitting outside, this can prepare you for your sleep at night. And when you make that connection, I think this is helpful between these little, uh, and they can be longer, they can be 10 or 20 minutes, or they can be one minute relaxation sessions. When we make the relationship to our sleep at night, For me, anyways, I know that it inspires me. It reminds me that it's not just about relaxing in the moment of my heart rate dropping down, perhaps my blood pressure settling in, and just feeling that that feel good as you practice it. Because again, it's not always right away that you feel that relaxation. Sometimes, again, we're fighting it until we practice it more. But as we make that connection, to our sleep at night, for all of us who are doers, it makes us feel like we're doing something. We're actually relaxing to have a better night's sleep tonight. And I'll tell you whatever works for you, (laughs) however you get to that place of relaxing more for your health, that is part of establishing relaxation as a habit. But we're gonna dig in a little bit more, let's say from a formal approach here, using the care approach. And I have to say I did, uh, I haven't seen it out there anywhere else. (laughs) I'm gonna put my name on this, uh, the care approach, caring for your habits so that they can care for you. And I'm gonna start us off actually with a quote by Gretchen Rubin, and this is from her book, Better Than Before, Mastering the Habits of Our Everyday Lives. And this is what she says. When we change our habits, 
we change our lives. We can use decision-making to choose the habits we want to form. We can use willpower to get the habit started. Then, and this is the best part, we can allow the extraordinary power of habit to take over. We take our hands off the wheel of decision, our foot off the gas of willpower, and we rely on the cruise control of habits. I love that. So when we think about relaxation as a habit that we're going to put in place like we would a daily walk or even brushing our teeth, then applying the principles of habits to relaxation is really cool and it is well supported. So let's look at this care approach. The C of care is making our relaxation convenient. I'd like you to think back actually even if it was to yesterday, or I'm even gonna say way back to when you were a child, thinking about when was it convenient for you to relax? When were the times that you felt most relaxed? And as I did this exercise, because I do every single exercise, of course, that I am sharing with you, I would say that my most convenient times for relaxing are actually late afternoon, somewhere between three to five o'clock. That goes way back. That goes back to when I was a, a child coming back from school to going for a walk and literally laying in a field of flowers. I know it sounds, <laughs> I don't know what kind of, kind of fairy tale like, but those experiences of being totally relaxed, laying there with the sun on my face, with nobody else around, and just feeling so, so relaxed. And I had experiences like that as well, laying back in snow when I was, I can't even think, maybe eight or nine years old, and just dropping back into snow, all bundled up in my snowsuit, and just catching snowflakes on my tongue. Those are so vivid. I remember every part of those. So when I think about feeling relaxed, it's astounding how we just do it naturally as children, but we can relearn it. We can relearn it for sure. What I do know is that the timing has stayed with me. That timing of sitting on my steps in the backyard, that's going to happen somewhere around between, I'm going to say between three or four o'clock. For some of you, it may be right after lunch. It might feel like you just want to sit down with a, you know, a cup of tea in a magazine around one or one thirty. And again, this depends on work. It depends if you're working at home, if you're flex hours, or even again, this all applies to work as well, though, if you can in the work scenario depending on how structured it is, but we can always find those snippets of where it is hopefully convenient because when it's convenient, there's a tendency you're starting off a little easier to have it to have it stay as a habit. So it might be Saturday morning. It might be Sunday afternoon. So looking at where is kind of your natural downtime. It might not be nine o'clock in the morning. For me, my mornings are go. I get more done between six and nine in the morning than between nine and nine <laughs> after that. So knowing, and this is all part of the time that we spend together in this podcast, is really knowing the rhythm of your days. Even if it's cha- like it changes season to season, it changes work-wise and not working and sometimes weekends to week, 
but you will really start to get a sense of what the rhythm of your day is. And then as you move in harmony with that rhythm, you're going to remember more, it's going to be easier for you to do, and it's just going to feel like there's more of a flow. So this is part of making it convenient, and it can be for a minute. It can be 10 minutes, it can be 20 minutes, but where do you just naturally relax during the day? So this is all going to be part of your habit practice, <laughs> by the way, for this week. So that is the C of the care approach, making it convenient. The A is making it appealing. And what I like to say about making it appealing is drawing in all of your senses and being curious about what, what makes you feel relaxed. Is it music? Because for some people, it's not music. It's, it's very, very individual. Same thing with aromas and smells. For some, I love chai tea. For other people, that is, that is stimulating. It's lavender is relaxing for some people, not for everybody. So what are the sounds? What are the sights? Looking at trees, looking at the sky, looking at water, right? Looking at a fireplace. So you start to know, what are you looking at? What are you smelling? What are even your tastes as you're sipping your tea or your beverage? Whatever is working. You're noticing what are the appealing parts of all of your senses that are setting you up. This is really interesting as well. It Appealing does apply to place, right? So is it your gazebo? Is it your back deck? Is it a chair in your bedroom? Outside in any spaces at all? Do you have a meditation area and this is your relaxing space? And honestly, so what I love about doing this podcast, I just keep sometimes going back and just being really curious. And I remember that my relaxation place when the kids were very young, still in their car seats, was driving. <laughs> they would go into their car seats. I would grab my coffee. I'd be sitting in the front, they'd be strapped in the back, doing their stuff in the back, and we're driving. And sometimes, we weren't driving anywhere in particular, I'm like, full disclosure, I'm just like, we're driving. And I remember just feeling so relaxed. They're quiet, they're safe, they're entertained, I've got some quiet time, I'm sipping my coffee. Oh yes, I remember that clearly. And so what is appealing for your habit? Where is your space? What are you surrounding yourself with? Be curious and go back because sometimes we actually forget what makes us feel relaxed. We forgot about that, you know, that certain area or that particular tea. And so we start to take notes for sure. We start to dig a little bit deeper. That moves us through from convenient to appealing to the R of care is making it reward-based. Now I'm careful with this one because I don't think you have to do stuff to get the reward of relaxation. But I do think at the beginning when you're thinking about using it a little bit as a reward for perhaps getting a little bit done. You know, you might declutter something or you might finish the kitchen or you might finish the laundry and then go, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to relax now. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes it is our way into this relaxation. The only thing I'm going to say is don't say to yourself, when I get it all done, I'm going to relax because you know where that goes. 
It's never all going to be done and we're never going to relax. And so noticing what that reward is, is it a re- it could be a massage actually, it could be sitting down with your magazine and tea, it could be an Epsom salts bath. It does not have to be, let's say, connected with doing something. But as I said, I do that still. I still make it a reward, especially I find on the weekend I tend to do that. I'm going to get this stuff done and finish this and clean that and then at three o'clock I'm going to do this. And it ends up being convenient. I've set myself up in terms of appealing and then uh, it is connected to a reward. Not all the time, but again, your way in. The E of care is making it easy. And that's where actually even connecting it to a reward, I find that makes it a little bit easier. But just start small, like one minute gazing out the window, following your breath, noticing. And this is all going to be part of our habit practice as well is noticing when we are relaxed. Because that is a little bit of, um, that takes a little bit of digging as well. Does it mean your breath slows down? Does it mean your shoulders drop? Does your jaw relax? What is that feeling in the body when you are relaxed? Because we're literally teaching ourselves perhaps what it felt like years ago, or we feel it, but we don't notice it. And it's all part of this process. It's all part of our habit practice. So the other part of easy, I just like to share this as well, is I am a big journal person. I, I track my habits and I do want to say I'm going to put this in the, in the show notes as well. I am doing a Fit, Fearless and Fabulous planner and habit tracker in the fall. And I will put that right into my habit chart. I will put relaxation moment, okay, like I do dance party or walk. And sometimes I won't make my goal to do it seven days a week, but I'll make my goal to to do my, let's say my dance party Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my relaxation. I might say I'm going to work on it on the weekend, so I'm going to put it into my weekend habit. So again, you're making it easier, but tracking it gives you that sense of accomplishment. It reminds us as well. It reminds us literally when I look at this planner and go, oh, my dance party. My gosh, I haven't done that yet today. So it all works together. It all becomes part of your habit practice. And I'm going to say for your practice this week, it is to perhaps apply the care, convenient, appealing, reward-based and easy to your relaxation habit. So you can take the willpower out of it. You can add in curiosity, cutting yourself some slack, really getting to know yourself, know your rhythm, and connecting your relaxation, again, as I call it, the ultimate relaxation is letting go into sleep at night. So you see how this all integrates and connects. I'm going to let you go with that. Have fun with that. Give yourself, again, a big squeezy hug right now because this is this is deep work. And for you to put the effort into this, because we think, how should we put effort or why do we need to put effort into relaxation? It is because this is the world we're in right now. And so it it does. It takes a little bit, it takes a little bit of practice. So have a fantastic week, everyone. Have fun with this, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. 
If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years, or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.